Here we go. Yes, buddy. Welcome, welcome, welcome it back, is Nate and Mike. That's me. With yes, the sir. God, guns, and family podcast, and um, we're just kicking it off Friday morning here. And um, yeah, so we're going to get rolling. What's the subject for today, Dude, sir? Today we're going to be talking about forgiveness. It's going to be um, uh, it's going to be some good stuff, man. Might not be something that people think about a lot. Um, and I've actually been kind of not like struggling with it, but kind of working on it myself. Um, like that's the biggest thing that I've been working on lately. So is the I forgiveness think, uh, side of it? Yeah, you know, um, it's just, I guess I'm like, there's, it's just hard to comprehend. Not really. So, I mean, well, yeah, it's like, it is kind of comprehend. It's complex. It's simply complex. Yeah. Forgiveness. There's many, 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 many layers to the whole thing anyway. So like, even like who, like the baby Christians that are like just starting to get into this really like need to understand that side of it. But also you, it's like an onion. Like the further you get in this like faith journey and walk with Jesus, like the more you have to peel away. And like yeah. so many times I thought like I had arrived at forgiving everybody and forgiving myself. And then, you know, you peel away a layer of the onion and you're like, Nope, I'm still dealing with this thing 15 years later. It's like this evolving onion that you keep having to peel away and continually offer forgiveness to other people too. Cause you know, we, we live life. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, you're not around people that are imperfect beings. I mean, even in the church world, man, it's almost like it sets you up to even have to deal with that even more. Cause then you're like looking at other people that consider themselves Christians that are doing stuff that are offending you. And you have to offer forgiveness for it's kind of a it's an interesting like whole thing. You know, it's a, and it's an interesting topic to even comprehend because I feel like we could talk like four or five, six podcasts about it, like the layers that in that are involved with like what forgiveness is. Yeah. So it's um, what do we have on here about examples? Yeah, like just something what you're like anything like what part of this whole forgiveness thing have you is the most difficult for you to wrap your brain around? So two parts. First part is um there's a constant like struggle, I guess. Um so one example really here is when we first moved here, we had this uh Andrew was like at the school playing with whoever in the school is like, like 300 meters away. <clears throat> and he like came like running back on his bike. And he was like, these kids are chasing me, whatever. Long story short, like he like kicked a ball and they got pissed about it. And they like came after him and he like raced home and we were like all on the front porch, kind of just like hanging out or whatever. <clears throat> and they did it. The kids did it like two or three times. So he came back, he was crying. And then I went to find the kids. And I said, yo, are you chasing my son? And <clears throat> they were like, yeah. 
and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, go home, get your parents, tell them to come talk to me. And I told them where we lived. And the dude, the guy who, the, the dad, I guess, he, I guess, so I guess what happened was, is that they were chasing Andrew and Andrew's like, I got a knife. You better leave me alone. Like a pocket knife in his pocket. Yeah. So the dude came through just like we were in a cul-de-sac. So he just kind of like drew, drove through the cul-de-sac and he just left. He didn't like stop and talk or anything. So then he calls the police oh, and he Lord. told the cops that Andrew was chasing his kids and threatening them, threatening them with a knife. So there's like three cop cars showed up in the, in our, at our house because of this, because this guy didn't come and talk to me like a man. And as soon as the cops showed up at his house, the kids told the correct story after the fact. Yeah. So now Andrew's like freaking out because now we have all these cops at the house and I had just left to go pick up food. And my, my parents were here. So my dad, who was a deputy at the time, still yeah. talked to the deputies because here it's the city is, uh, the city police is run by the County. Mm -hmm. They have like a contract, which whatever. Um, so, that dude has a very specific vehicle. He has like a, it's a work truck and it's got like a fence rental company sign on the side of it. Mm -hmm. Obviously I have a lot of animosity because he, first of all, wasn't man enough to come talk to me. Yeah. And then secondly, cowardously called the police on my son when he didn't know what the situation was. And then he told the police that I intimidated his kid. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, I was in, I just, to kids, I'm, I'm intimidating, I guess, whatever. Yeah. Not like I purposely did it, but I was like, no, you're just set. And I'm like, strong and handsome. Go tell your dad to come talk to me, kind of thing. Yep. Um, but that never, it never flew. So, like, I got to a point where, like, every time I would go, I would pass him on the road, I would like stick my hand out the window and flip him the bird and stuff like that. And I don't think he knows why or whatever. Yeah, I, I've since stopped doing that because, you know, it's not very Christian. Yeah. And <laughs> I I've been like working on like the forgiveness aspect of that. But every time I see the truck, I'm like, oh, man, like it just kind of comes back. Fires, you yeah. Know? Yep. So like I'm working on it and it's just like it's it's pretty difficult, you know, yep. because like it didn't really affect me that much. But my kid. Yeah. So he was mess like, with, terrified yeah. and, you know, all this other stuff. And I'm like, well, yep. Yeah. So that's, that's my <laughs> example on that. And it's pretty like, you know, it's, it's a struggle at, it, for that yeah. situation. Well, I think anytime you involve kids at all, that fires up a dude's side of his heart. Like, you don't touch my kids. You don't, yeah. you don't intimidate my kids. So that's where the, you know, I say it all the time, like <laughs> I'm saved, but I'm not that saved yet. Um, yeah. which is totally not biblical, but that's just my reason of justificate justifying like terrible behavior sometimes. Um, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but dude, I think uh, in that whole thing too is it's challenging for us to see anything through the lens like of our own offense. You know, I think being offended really when you boil it down, like whether you know, the, that particular example, like there's, I mean, in the earthly side of the world, like there's justification in how you're feeling. Like it's, yeah, 
you know, you mess with my kid, you're going to get it. I mean, I don't even know how I would react in that whole thing too. I'd be fired up. Um, with any of our kids, man, it's like, yeah, I'm not scared to go to prison, but, um, I mean, I'm just not whatever. Um, I guess again, I'm saved, but not that saved yet. But I think once you start to see the, like see people through the lens of Jesus, like that begins to change. Like the concept of forgiveness is crazy, right? That like Jesus came to earth, bore all of our transgressions and sins and wickedness in order for us to be saved, redeemed, and justified um, and made righteous through him is insane thought. But once you start to see that, like the dude in prison for killing somebody, like, I mean, like David Berkowitz, for example, like the son of Sam killer, I think that's who, who it is. Dude got radically saved in prison and is leading people to Jesus in prison to think that like forgiveness for him and forgiveness for me cost Jesus the same thing. And like no person is exempt from forgiveness through, through Christ, which is a concept I struggle with still in my own head. Right. Like, I think once we get to heaven, dude, you're going to look around and be like, whoa, there's way there's, it's a bunch of different people here that like we wrote off earthly and physically as, oh, dude, they can never be saved or they're whatever. There's like, excuse me, there's like some, I think people have the ability to surrender their heart, mind, body, and soul down to the last firing synapse. Like your heart stops beating. There's minutes before your brain stops firing. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, I mean, even in my own personal experience, like overdosing, like I had, like, it was the reality that like the life between the line between like being alive and dead is, is a pretty, I mean, it's a pretty thin line. Mm -hmm. Like we like to think that we're these big macho, you know, impenetrable people. And my dude, we're like human beings are fragile. Like it doesn't take very much to end life. Um, and to realize that under the last firing synapse, people can surrender their heart to you. But like for your example, per se, like I would start every time that fires up in you, I would think of what if Jesus held that same thought to you? Yeah. So every time you came before before the throne, Jesus is like, Mike, what the heck, man? Like, seriously? Yeah. yeah. Shaking the finger, right? Like, it's crazy. So really, like, I mean, I thought this was pretty interesting that like the, like what psychologists generally say as, as forgiveness is a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance towards a group or person who has harmed you regardless of whether they actually deserve your forgiveness or not. Right. Which is crazy. Cause I don't, I, I like don't deserve forgiveness at all. Like I should have died with my middle fingers up to the sky in a gutter somewhere. Like that's, that's what I deserved. Like with my actions in my own self, but Jesus, it's like, it's like it's insane to think that even in the midst of that Jesus still so forgiveness and grace kind of 
when Jesus is concerned and even with us concerned is there, there, they mix, they're intermixed in order to offer forgiveness. You have to understand grace. And in order to forgive, you have to realize you first been forgiven through grace. Like there's nothing that we could have done. No way to earn way to do anything to earn forgiveness and grace from Jesus. Like, it's just, that's who Jesus is that came to give it to us. So I think forgiveness in itself, I mean, for me, dude, is I struggle on the other side. Like I am very quick to forgive people, but I'm very slow to forgive myself. And like, I think one of the biggest, I mean, this is what our pastor says in regards to forgiveness, whether you're talking about yourself or other people, you have really, you can define the level of forgiveness that you have for a certain person is if they have safe passage through your mind. So if you can think of somebody like that dude, think about it. And immediately there's a physiological response inside your body thinking about this person, you have yet to forgive or you're in the process of forgiving. So when you can think about someone that's hurt you or harmed you, and it can come in one side of your head and out the other, and there's not a physiological response to that. Like you can say, man, you know, Jesus will deal with them. Like at that point, it's between him and God. Yeah. Like if you can say, man, there's safe passage in my head by from this person for whatever it is like whatever our listeners could be going through whatever trauma experience like like personally i'm not going to tell her story but like my wife's been through a lot in her life and there's a lot of different things that she's had to walk through a lot of different traumas and things that god has walked her through forgiving and now she can sit there and say yeah man i've forgiven this person this person this person this person because the only way that's going to take place is first of all, a nearness with Jesus. And second, taking the time to feel that, that, that hurt, that pain, that issue, that trauma, like you have to feel it as people. We like to like push it away, build a wall. So we don't ever have to feel that again and pretend like, oh yeah, I'm walking in forgiveness. Like, no dude, beside the, on the other side of your glass wall, there's still all the stuff that that you've just stuffed away in your brain. Mm -hmm. You have to allow yourself to feel that and then allow yourself to process why you feel like that and then make a conscious decision, right? To surrender that, like that, that innately, that innate part of us surrender that like, oh, my job is to hold on to this because they don't deserve this. Like you have to offer forgiveness in that regard. Um, in spite of who you are. I mean, really unforgiveness, dude, it's kind of, it's kind of a scary thing. When you harbor unforgiveness in yourself, like it's essentially like drinking a whole bottle of poison, hoping that it's going to hurt this other person. Mm. Like, dude, forgiveness has nothing to do with the other person. It has everything to do with you. Right. Like personally, it's not this thing. I mean, we get that, we get that twisted. Forgiveness is for you harboring unforgiveness dude if you like take that to the furthest example if i have this hurt so whatever hypothetically someone hurts me i hold on to this unforgiveness and this unforgiveness festers into you know a boot a root of bitterness that root of bitterness begins to cause physiological changes inside your body 
Like there's studies saying that like some cancers are directly tied to being bitter and have not having like forgiveness for other people. Like yep. you're so mad at the world. You're so angry at everybody that harmed you, that wronged you, whether perceived or actually happened because your mind doesn't know the difference between perceived and, and, and actually physically happening. You feel the same, the same neurochemicals are released in both you hold on to this it'll change the, the the like the chemical makeup of your body like that's proven like for me the biggest thing dude is forgiving myself so i struggle with not forgiving myself more than i do with other people yeah. um i always i mean you're i mean we're similar in that we're our own worst enemy our own we're our own our own worst critic i mean for me, my biggest struggle, dude, is like I kind of shared this before, is like blaming myself for my brother, like coming, like falling into my footsteps in, in like the drug and alcohol world, right? So like he, once I got saved and like realized like I was a complete reject and jacked up and aside from Jesus, I, I'm nothing. Like I had already led my brother through my actions because he's always looked up to me. He's always wanted to like, you know, do what I was doing, embodied what I was doing, really realizing like, crap, I've led such a bad example that now that I'm like trying to do good, he's already filled my shoes. He's like, I don't want anything to do with where you're at. And like the Ted DiBiase, right? Like that whole statement is, you know, I was struggling with it. And I just went to this men's conference and I'm like, yo, man, I'm struggling. How can I forgive myself for, you know, getting my brother into drugs and alcohol. How can, you know, oh, how can I forgive myself for this? Yada, yada, yada. And he stuck his big old sausage fingers in my chest and was like, the one perfect being in the entire universe has forgiven you. You're arrogant not to forgive yourself. And that like really, because I wanted to be coddled in that moment. I don't know why I went to this giant human being that had zero coddle in his bones to coddle me in that moment. <laughs> but yeah. Um, he challenged me, dude. He spoke truth in such a way that it pierced that, that, I mean, really that pride. Cause that's what it is, 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 Oh, my sin is so bad. Jesus can't forgive me. That's what you're saying. How can I forgive myself? Oh, like your sin is on a whole new level. Like your sin is bigger than the grace of Jesus. No, that right. boils down to pride. So like realizing this thing is a process. You don't just like, Oh Lord, I surrender my life to you. I, you know, I see my will, my heart, my desires to you, Jesus. Make me whole. Yes, He comes in and forgives you, but the process of forgiving—that's on us. That's not like something. I mean, that'd be pretty cool if Jesus came in and just magically, all of a sudden, your heart's rearranged and you forgive everybody and yourself, and you're just like walking in fields of rainbows and daisies. Would be awesome. Yeah. But there's this whole Christian walk implies a level of our own pursuit to it. It requires sacrifice on our behalf. The, the death of our flesh is what we have to do is put to death the things of the flesh that involves us. We have to put effort in because the flesh, the meat suit we're in innately is full of fleshly desires and wickedness. So we have to make a conscious effort to put to death the things of the flesh, which one of those is unforgiveness. Like somehow we 
our right to retaliate or to feel certain ways trumps what Christ has done in us. Right. That yeah. is, I mean, that's a fallacy, right? And the, the pretty cool, crazy thing, dude, in this whole thing is um, God removes our transgressions from us, dude. Like God forgives our sin, right? So in Psalms 103, 12, it says this, as for, uh, you know, basically in that whole verse of 103, Prior to this, he was talking about what God does for us, but he goes, as far as the East is from the West, so God, so does he remove the transgressions from us. And the interesting thing, dude, that my pastor says is, you know, a lot of times where he takes our transgressions and drops them into the sea of forgetful in forgetfulness. Like he forgets our transgressions. It's not like there's an ongoing, you know, a record of wrong that God keeps. He knows it, but he, he forgets it. He throws it into the sea of forgetfulness. And it's like this, the grace of Jesus is astoundingly amazing. Like he holds no record of our wrongs. He like, I was trying to explain this to, to the littlest son of ours. And I was like, Liam, did you know how much dad loves you? And you're like, how much? And he like stretches his arms out all wide. And I'm like, yeah, more than that, dude, as far as the East is from the West. And he like looks at me. Like totally not like (laughs) I might as well have been speaking Mandarin in that moment. Um, I'm like, dude, you can't get as far as the East is from the West because anywhere on the globe that you're standing, you're still as far as the East is from the West. Like you can't measure that. And that's how far away God puts the trans our, our wickedness, our transgressions and our sins away from us is as far as the East is an unmeasurable amount of distance. Like you can't, you can't like, you can't, like figure out. So I think the other side of that whole kind of being interestingly scary and like why we have to forgive and for our others and ourselves is like, we must forgive in order to be forgiven. Yeah. That's a pretty crazy statement, right? Like you can have this crazy encounter with Jesus, but still hold unforgiveness in your heart. And it's like, "Mm, you probably need to work on that because in Matthew six, we've been talking a lot about Matthew. Yeah, it's like the the verses right before this are, are the you know our uh, our far in heaven who are you know the the whole the prayer and then the next verse after that it's like talks about for if you forgive others their transgressions your heavenly Father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive others their trespass neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That's pretty profound, dude. And super scary. So I think this whole thing. It's also in the Lord's prayer too, specifically. Yep. Yep. So yeah, the Lord's prayer is right before that verse. It's like, you know, forgive other, you know, forgive trespasses as, you know, we forgive others, right? Forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive others, essentially. Um, It's pretty interesting and profoundly scary in that too. Like, lest your stuff not be forgiven, right? Like, you got to forgive in order to be forgiven um i think the man repentance grace and forgiveness you can't it's very difficult to have one or two of those like you need all three to have true like forgiveness right you need to repent of your fleshly desire to retaliate or do harm or hold against you have to you know, first repent, then you have to extend grace and then forgive, right? It's these, 
understanding these three, how they work together. And I feel like in this process, if you're working on forgiveness, like making a conscious decision to an act of forgiving, like that's where you're in, like we've talked about it before in the pursuit of, you know, it's not like, you know, or it's different than saying, you know, I'm just not going to forgive. That's where you get into trouble with this. Like you better forgive unless, you know, in order to be forgive, you have to for, be forgiven. You have to forgive. Um, if you're making a conscious decision not to forgive, you're, you're in a scary place. But if you're in the pursuit of working on the process of forgiveness and forgiving others and forgiving yourself, that's where, you know, the grace of Jesus falls on you to understand, like, you know, I'm in, I'm in process. So, um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, and I was just looking at this over, over here, over here in a yonder, yonder ish. Um, the one thing that came up in my mind when you're talking about the forgiveness and repentance and what was the other one? Grace. Is that what you said? Grace. Yep. So to me, like not, not something that I actively think about. Right. But, and it's kind of weird, but it may, it may make sense to some, someone yeah. probably to you too. But if I'm at a, if I'm like constant, if I'm, I don't even know how to really say it, like repenting my, like on my, like just repenting kind of like brings up the lack of ability to forgive myself, I guess. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. it's constantly reminding you to like, like, this is what you did or this is whatever. This is the bad thing. And then on this side, okay, you have to forgive yourself. But if I think about what I did and repent it, repent against it, that thought or that behavior or whatever, I feel like it's just, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. Like I'm constantly like bringing it up in my mind because like I repent and I've feel bad that i did and i'm gonna that my behavior has changed but ultimately i you know i feel like because i'm repenting and actively thinking about it how can i also forgive myself you know what i mean mm, so does that make yeah. sense yeah it makes total sense so that's kind of like the the last little bit here that i got written down so this i mean you're kind of it's it, totally explaining how I don't want to put a percent on, but a majority of the Western church operates in right now. Okay. So you're like, okay, yeah, I understand that I need to repent. You know, I did this behavior. Let's that's contrary to what I know I'm supposed to be doing. Like, you know, I'm acknowledging the wickedness and I repent of it. And then I know I got to forgive myself, but I'm still, still focused on the behavior or the thing that I'm repenting of realizing it's like this process, right? So this thing, when, it, when you repent, it's like a finite line. You put it down, Lord, I messed up here. I'm going to turn and quit looking at the thing that I repented because when you repent as a, as a follower of Jesus, you are, you essentially you're, 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 you're in this whole process is you're justified, you're sanctified, which means you're made like Jesus and you're righteous. Excuse me. These three things we need to understand. Most of the church stays in this repentant loop where I'm this lowly, 
oh man, I messed up here. How, you know, you're, you're stuck in this, this, your, your, your eyes are still fixed on the repentant side. What caused what, what the process or the thing was that needed to be repented from mm -hmm. most of us stay focused on that. Myself included. Sometimes we have to turn, put our eyes back on Jesus and realize because we have been saved and born again, you made new in Corinthians, right? Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. That's not just a one-time thing. Every time you repent and turn away, look back at Jesus, that's gone. It's all been made new. So you got to realize in repentance, when you're looking at Jesus in that process, you've been, you've been justified, you've been sanctified, and you've been made righteous. So I think the church needs, I'm going to challenge the church in general. We need to start operating in the, in the side of through Jesus, we're already made righteous. We're already been justified and we're already been sanctified. We've already been set apart. We've already been made right before Jesus. But now through Jesus, we're, we are righteous. We wear the righteousness of Jesus, right? So when, when it talks about come boldly before the throne of grace, the only way that we can do that is realizing through the process of repentance, that's gone. God doesn't see that. We have to not see that. And we can come boldly into our prayer room and before Christ and to walk on earth as if we are clothed in and because we are clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. I think the church would look a little bit different, especially if the men stood up, put on the righteousness of Jesus and started acting, talking and, and, and interacting as if we have already been made right. We've let ourselves off the hook because Jesus already bore the hook for us and mm -hmm. we start walking and operating in righteousness. So I think like for me, I had to make a conscious decision to put away, take the hook out of my mouth and say, that's not me. That behavior is not me because there's two people, two forms live my soul, my spirit and my flesh. Yeah. Yeah. My flesh fails. I repent of it. I'm going to operate in the spirit. And when we're operating the spirit man first, the divine order, which is your spirit first, your soul second, your body last, and we start operating in, an, in, a, in a way that we are righteous, we are justified, and we're sanctified, that changes the tune in our head, realizing that we're not the things that we do, we're in the pursuit of where we're going. So when our eyes are on Jesus, we have the ability to forgive ourselves because we're no longer beating ourselves up for the things that we did because yeah, we've already acknowledged that realized we've fallen short here, but we put it away. I'm not sitting here looking back, trying to go forward. I mean, mm. we, it's like you're in a, in a, in a forest with a flashlight. Where's your flashlight, bro. If it's pitch black outside, where's, where's your light. It's supposed to be right in front of your feet. If we got the flashlight behind us, looking behind us, we're going to fall. And we're yeah. going to fall right back into the process that got us into repenting, right? It's like we have to take the flashlight and put it at our feet, take the next right step. Really, that's what this whole thing is, is the next right step. And I think coming out of, you know, addiction and, you know, drugs and alcohol, that's like the one thing I learned is if you can't make it the next hour clean and sober, make it the next 30 minutes. Can't make it the next 30 minutes, the next 10 minutes. You can't make it the next minute. It's it's minute by minute sometimes when you're first getting clean and sober. And your flashlights at the at your feet, the next right choice, the next right step, the next right thing. And that's what this whole thing needs to be is, yeah, I'm not looking behind me. 
I'm looking at the things that before and the things ahead because Jesus wants us to live and operate in such a way that we know that we are the representatives of heaven on earth. And when we're the representatives of heaven on earth, that's when things start to change in ourselves. Then we can start to look at ourselves and say, yeah, I'm working on forgiving myself, Lord, only through your grace. So teach me, Lord, how to forgive myself more. Mm -hmm. Something happens, Lord, teach me to see this person who I just want to punch square in the in the face, <laughs> how you see them. Because at the end of the day, God's not a respecter of persons. And if he did it for a knucklehead like me, he's going to do it for that dude too. And right. at the end of the day, if they're making a conscious decision to keep being a jerk, and they're going to keep doing the things that are, like are causing you the physical desire to cause immense amounts of pain and choking them out and breaking some appendages and things like that. Like that's between them and God. And when you start to get in between God and them by trying to say, I deserve my right to do that to them, you just yeah. stepped in between what God's got for him. Right. It, it's in like hopes my own of, retribution is more than what God is yes. going to do kind of thing. Dude, yeah. at the end of the day, which is crazy to think that like somehow, <clears throat> you know, Nate can, yeah. my, my, my punishment is going to be greater than almighty God. No, sir. And at the end of the day, if there's grace for that, that's between him and God. That's not my cup to bear, nor do I want to. Yeah. It's like, so I think the church in whole, particularly the men need to start walking in the shoes God's called us to walk in, which is knowing we men are leaders we're called to lead our home first to be a representative of who jesus is not just oh i'm a christian but to walk with signs wonders and power that christ has empowered us to do right so yeah. uh, down the way I'm sure we got some new baby listening baby christian listeners but dude I'm going to challenge you. This is what Paul says. He's like, okay, you've been saved. You've been baptized. You raised the dead. Now let's move on to the, to the meat of the word. In one verse, he says, you know, put away raising the dead. Like that, sh you should already know you're able to do that. Now let's get into the deep things. Come on now, bro. That's the power that Jesus wants us to walk in. And if we're stuck in that repentant cycle, we're never going to get there because our eyes aren't on where God wants us to go. We're stuck on what's behind us. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know who said it. I saw like a video or something. Some, I was like a comedian or whoever. And they're like, there's a reason why the windshield in your car is so big and your rearview mirror is so small. Yes. I don't yep. know who said it. I, I can't take credit for it because it's super, super catchy and very like, it makes sense, you know? So, yep. but yeah, I mean, to me, that's, explain i mean yep. it, yeah i mean you can understand like what it means and you can understand like this is the way it has to be but it's like you know you're we're human so yep. ultimately like we're gonna keep doing the same junk over again and yep it just you know it's it, an endless it all, cycle and that's the part that for me is like dude like yeah figure it out and it's but, hard and that's why it, i come it, to you <laughs> it is it is hard but realizing not to focus on the thing focus on knowing your identity and our identity in, is in Christ, not the things that cause us to fall. And I think knowing that, that is going to change your perspective on even giving yourself the grace to do this thing that Christ has, has allowed us to do, which is still be on the earth, speaking his word through through actions, yep. living the word, be, being epistles read by men on tablets of flesh. Yeah. An eloquent way of saying, 
let your let your life speak the sermon you want them to hear cool all right we're about out of time we're gonna Boom. take a break do it we'll be right back Just Be Or is a local Phoenix, Arizona family business that offers three services. Be Organized is our personal organization service. We will organize and declutter projects in your home or offices. Be Hauled is our junk and debris removal services. We haul away unwanted junk, yard debris, and furniture. And Be Restored Designs is our furniture restoring service. We restore and customize your older wooden pieces, breathing life back into them. We would love to give you a helping hand. For more information or to get a free quote, find us on Facebook or Instagram. Links will be included in the description below. Or you can shoot us an email at just.b.ohr516 at gmail.com. Welcome back. Okay. Wow, dude, you should start singing for a living, bro. Maybe, hey, maybe you could uh, bring some more talent to the stage at your church, bro. No, I've recorded myself the other day to see if it was even decent, and it was terrible. And I'm like, man, not even close to the level they're at. So, dude, I can't even. I'm tone deaf, bro. I'm not yeah, musically pretty, inclined. Pretty terrible. I can talk. I'll talk all day, but I'm musically inclined is not not in my wheelhouse, my friend. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely a a, a skill I do not possess. Yeah, no. Definitely not. So Just I'll like me and golf. The, I'll stick with the safety team whenever that hey. happens. <laughs> exactly, bro. Exactly. It's a contribution either way. Yes, sir. Contribution either way. All righty. Cool. So we're talking about forgiveness. And yes. you have something that. Yeah. So but for a little break, we we're talking about uh, like the repentant cycles, right? Um, kind of like what you're talking about, struggling and like the repenting and realizing I need to forgive myself, but you know, I'm still like, how the heck could I do this? And this forgiveness of myself, I think it really comes down to how well and how deep do you realize when you repent, you're forgiven. Um, which is what I've struggled with for a long time was, um, okay. Am I really forgiven? You know, I'm in this repentant cycle of, I do this, I mess up, I come back. Oh, I messed up again, but oh, am I really forgiven? No, dude. If you love Jesus and you confess that Jesus is your Lord and Savior and you repent, it, you're forgiven. It's done. Put it behind you. Dust your boots off and keep going forward. Um, once you fully understand that there's no height, nor depth, nor angel, nor principality that's going to keep you from the love of Christ, it's done. No matter how bad you mess up, it's finished. Like, yeah. what do you think Jesus's words on the cross were? It's finished. Like his work is finished, right? At the cross, at his blood, it's done. So when you're in this repentant loop cycle, right? Where, oh man, I messed up here. I need to repent myself for, you know, repent. But oh man, I got to forgive myself for doing this, bro. Understand your human nature is going to be there forever, but also know that the blood of Jesus supersedes that and grace supersedes that. And when you repent, it's done, set it aside, move along and keep moving forward. It's, mm -hmm. you know, when you repent, you're finished. It's not like, there's not like a three day grace period. This is kind of, my, this, this is my ridiculous cycle right here. Okay. I'll mess up. Oh, I'll be so downtrodden. 
man, how could I have done this thing, this behavior? I feel so bad about it. You know, man, it's like three days later, I'm still in this, like, how could I have done that? Woe is me. I'm so bad, yada, yada, yada. And then all of a sudden, okay, three days later, I'm like, okay, I'm starting to feel like a little bit better. No, dude, that all that is, is pride in yourself that your sin is too big. And at the end of the day, when you confess your sin and you repent for it, it's done. It's not like there's a buffer period to see if you're going to do it again. No, Jesus doesn't do it like that. He says, you're forgiven. Let's do it. You got a mission to fulfill. You got to lead your family. You got someone I need you to talk to or be an example to. And if you're in this woe is me thinking you're not capable or able to, he's going to use a talking donkey instead. Or he's going to let the a burning bush, a, a freaking <laughs> rock. He's going to use something. He, if we're not willing, he's going to use something because his mission is what's going to be accomplished. End of story. So I don't want to be uh, passed over because I'm in this woe is me cycle and allow a burning bush or a talking donkey or, or a rock to take my place, right? Sidebar, that's totally interesting. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> it's pretty interesting that even... um um, hold on one second. Even the angels, right? So the gift of this whole thing is interesting that Jesus has entrusted men and women to fulfill the great commission, which is telling people about Jesus. The angels in heaven don't even have that privilege. Yeah, They're already God aware. Like they don't get to tell people who don't yet know about God, about God. That's crazy to me. Totally unrelated, but I just popped it to my head and I have ADHD, so I had to say it. <laughs> <laughs> no, and um, I, I just think maybe one of the hardest parts for, at least for me anyway, is to kind of grasp the level of like love and forgiveness that God and Jesus have for us. You know, it's like, it's just like almost uncomprehendable. Yep. You know, like it. Mm -hmm. it you know, it's just... And then if you think about it, okay, like there, there are sins, right? And the pride, um, I don't know if we talked about this. We did, I talked about it in our little core 52 Bible study thing about pride and how it's like the, it's the leading cause of sin or something like that, right? Something mm -hmm. basically along those lines. Um, I was trying to look up the verse but it's kind of confusing because i it pulled up the only king james version and then i looked in the esv and it's not showing the same thing so um just from king james version it says the beginning of pride is the beginning of sin and mm -hmm. that and he that hath it shall pour out abomination and therefore the lord brought upon them strange calamities um, which <clears throat> I don't really know what that means, except for the part, the part that specifically <laughs> says pride is the beginning <laughs> of sin, right? So to me, what that means is we, and I can't, I don't, I mean, I'm still working on this obviously, but we are so prideful that we are not able to forgive ourselves because subconsciously we're just think it's so bad right 
but like you had mentioned before it's like jesus already forgave us and based on these criteria right like repentance basically and forgiving mm -hmm. others is all we really have to do you know yep. and it's not even like you're saying you know it's not like we have to constantly um like revisit stuff and repent for stuff that we've already done it's just kind of there and we have to keep moving forward and i think just for me that that's kind of one of the hardest parts of doing of, of the whole thing it's like i don't know like if it's specifically pride but it's just like i'm just it's still i'm still grasping it right? i'm still like trying to get to the point where like i believe that i'm worthy enough to receive the forgiveness in the first place you know what mm -hmm. i mean so and i'm going to challenge that in you you're not worthy that's where the grace comes right. in yeah. so um really though i would take some time and study some on on the like a depth of grace for yourself um it really is though like it boils down to how can i be forgiven like somehow you know, my pride is saying that my sin was so bad and the things that I've done and the things that I've seen and the things, yada, 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 the list goes on that how somehow like that disqualifies me from receiving the grace and love of Jesus. Yeah. It doesn't because God, the depth of grace supersedes all of that. <clears throat> and it, it is really a pride issue, you know, that my pride and my, you know, it it's all self so we're self-absorbed creatures yeah. you know one of my pastors says like i everything i related it's all i mean we can even read scripture in a way that is i filling like oh i did it's like no dude the way take ourselves out of this thing mm -hmm. you have to deal with with getting rid of the i i i pride in this right and really taking a step back and realizing that there's nothing that we can do to earn any of this thing, but what we've done doesn't discredit us from it. Um, I mean, once you start doing like this whole tally mark, like, oh, I need to do six good things today to offset the one bad thing I did. Dude, you just fell right into the book of every other world religion that's out there. Yep. That it's a workspace for thing. grace. Yep negative bro not i mean it is mind-boggling how deep grace and love are that flow to us in spite of who we are and the list of the, of our in spites jesus loves me in spite of is so long yeah it's infinite everything everything me <laughs> everything that i like in my brain me in spite of me and everything I have to offer, you know, even our most good, noble, charitable deeds are considered as filthy rags in the presence yeah. of Jesus, right? Um, it's just, it's mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Dude, if, oh, Jesus just blows my mind. Like, I just, like, get so in awe of. Well, because it's not comprehensible. That's the thing. No, it's just... dude. You could literally, like, you could take, like, a vow of silence and, and move to a monastery somewhere. and like study forever until you like you die and you still wouldn't even has have ascertained like 
a fraction of a percent of the depth of who of who God is. Yeah. And I feel like this will challenge some people. Um, if God fits inside your head, it's not God at all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You've somehow just made yourself the higher power. That's just not how it works, dude. And that's the way it's designed. Cause I feel like if we were to know, come on now, bro, we, if we were to know half of what we were supposed to do and supposed to go through, um, we would never get on the ride to begin with. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, there's too much pain involved here. No, there's too much sacrifice here. Cause we don't want to do that in our flesh, in ourself. That's yeah, it, man. man. And, uh, so when we, when we were talking about yesterday, like what we were going to talk about today, uh-huh. And you had mentioned like we're let's talk about forgiveness. And I was like, okay, that makes sense because like I I mean, like I said, I've been struggling with it myself. And so it just so happened that yesterday, because I've been doing basically like Bible plans consistently in the app. Mm-hmm. And the and so yesterday I just finished one. I've been focusing on like the men like men specifically um you know and like reference to like pornography and basically Mm -hmm. that stuff like um adultery like through thoughts and Mm -hmm. you know and all that kind of stuff through the mind or whatever so i've been focusing on that um obviously i have i've been kind of i pushed that all kind of away and i haven't really it hasn't even really been an issue and like honestly i don't know who's been dealing with it um but it really has like made my relationship with Aaron stronger. Like we've already, yep. we've already have a really strong relationship, but now mm-hmm. it's even more focused, right? Yep. On my end. Um, she still hates my guts normally, but just kidding. I don't think so. Maybe sometimes <laughs> just when I'm, I'm annoying. Sure. We have, we have the uncanny ability to entirely piss our wife off on a whole new level. I mean, that's <laughs> yes. just God created us that way. I think. For basic stuff too, it's just like, dude, relax. Which don't say that because they yeah, don't, like don't that. ever say yeah. That's a fatal remark right there. <laughs> they if don't you say like relax, it. don't say that. <laughs> yeah, and so um, just to touch back on what what you were talking about, um, like as far as the comprehension of like God's grace and and in the in love yep. and all this other stuff, um, I knew it said it somewhere and I just couldn't find it, but I was fine. I I just looked it up. So basically in Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says God's word. Well, let me find it on this because this might not be the actual thing. Oh, I already have it highlighted. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. This is a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. And we've talked about this before specifically. Um, uh. I can't remember where it's at, but it's grace without faith is, is nothing or what does it mean? Yeah. Grace without works is dead. Grace. Oh yeah. Grace without works is dead. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, it's just, and it's like, it's almost so confusing, right? (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, so I have to do these things, but if I don't do these things, then like, I just have to repent and I can be forgiven. And then, you know, but if it happens again, or if I do the same behavior again, then like I kind of just get forgiven and it's like grace, grace, grace kind of thing. But like that kind of ties into the whole grace without works is dead. Right. So it's like, 
okay, you have to make a like an, a valiant effort in order to get you know the grace, right? So like one of the biggest things, and I, um, I can't. I think I just said this. T- stop me if I just said this. Yeah. But I just started a new plan about forgiveness. I tell you, did I did I say that or did well, I just... uh, you had it's men specific? You didn't tell me exactly what. Okay, so I was on. I was doing men specific study plans, and then I just finished my last one yesterday, the last day of this, like a seven day one or whatever. So then this morning I just started one that was specifically about for, is about forgiveness, mm-hmm. um, and it's a seven day one. There's there's hundreds of them in the app actually and these are basically like some of the scripture uh passages that um they're not called passages they're called pericopes right maybe i never maybe i never (laughs) yeah i think i'm i'm pretty sure that's what it is because one of the podcast i listened to by pastor chad talks about that pericope so luke 6 36 through 7 37 romans 3 23 24 philippians 2 8 colossians 3 13 james 2 13 titus 3 4 through 7 ephesians 2 4 through 7 matthew 9 13 which i think is the one that you talked about earlier and have in our notes and then luke 6 1 through 49 is just a couple and that's just day one of this forgiveness plan talking about all that stuff. And then it just kind of goes on. And one of the ones today that kind of hit me up, um, which I've heard a few times is Luke 6, 36, 37, be merciful, even as your father is merciful, judge not, and you will not be judged, condemn not, and you will not be condemned, forgive, and you will be forgiven. Mm -hmm. So there's like so many different spots in the bible that talk about like having to make sure that we are forgiving not only other people but ourselves you know and like we've been talking about this whole time it's like if we can't forgive ourselves who who the hell are we to not forgive ourselves when jesus Mm -hmm. has already done so yeah you know and it's like we're basically saying whatever dude like you absolutely undermine the the weight of that and when you do that like yeah. what jesus, the, like the sacrifice jesus did when you say yeah psh, i can't be i can't be forgiven yeah yeah so <clears throat> you know uh, older stuff i think is a little bit easier right if it's like in the past for a few years or several years or whatever i think it's okay i mean it's a little bit easier right it's not like the situation i mentioned earlier where it's like constantly coming up mm-hmm Um, But I think like, at least for me anyway, like me making those little adjustments to where like, I'm not being a jerk to the dude every time I see him and, you know, whatever makes it, you know, it's just a step, right? It's a step forward in that process to being able to forgive. And like, maybe if I see him at the grocery store, I may say something like, Hey dude, you probably don't remember me or know me, but this is something that you did and it wasn't very nice. And I feel like you were not being very manly because you didn't come and have a conversation with me like an adult and you know, something like that maybe. But even then, like I'm at a point where I probably won't do it. Um, you know, I was gonna say, would that benefit anything? No, it won't. It'll just be for my own self 
like mm-hmm. indulgence kind of thing. And right? I feel so, like if that conversation presents itself, um, it'll be God will only allow it once you work on that inside yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like I'm just a thought. Every time you see a dude driving by in his ladder truck with a fence, whatever on it, <clears throat> first thing you should do, you're not going to want to do it. Pray a genuinely a genuine prayer for him just on whatever's on your heart in that moment. When you see him, yeah. Lord, I pray that you bless him with whatever. Or Lord, I pray that you encourage him today. Or Lord, that you, you meet him right where he's at. And the more you start to do that, the more that sting of the wanting to you know, of yourself, it takes you out of yourself. You're like, Lord, just, I want the best for this dude. Like, Lord, bless this guy, you know, you know, meet where, I don't know where he's struggling right now, Lord, but I pray that you just encourage him in that. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like that would probably change some perspective with that dude. And that'll even begin to work that inside you. Yeah. 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 It's a work, work in progress. You know, it's not. Yeah. I feel like the whole thing is, We've said it before. We'll probably say it a hundred other times. It's the process. When you're in process is entirely different than when you're just making a conscious decision not to do anything regarding yeah. the forgiveness or regarding to do anything. Like if you say, oh, grace, grace, grace is going to forgive me, but I turn around and do thing, you know, and I'll just be forgiven for it. That's an abuse of grace. You already know what you're doing and you're just justifying it. That's different than, oh, man. I failed in this today. Yeah. Lord, I repent of it. I'm moving forward. And it all comes down to understanding when Jesus forgives you, you're forgiven. End of story. No contingencies. No work. No, there's no, you have to do this, 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 and this. It's like when you repent, you're forgiven. That is done. Put away the old, put on the new. It's like a coat. When you walk outside and it's cold, you got to put on a jacket. I put on the righteousness of Jesus. So every day, Lord, I, you know, I surrender this day to you. Help me to be more like you today, Lord. Let me be an example, a vessel of who you are to the people I come in contact with in every way, shape, and form. I put on because if I don't do that, I put on the old, my old yeah. nature. And then I start acting like a jerk. I start, you know, the, the biggest parameter to for you to know what you need to work on spiritually is interactions with your wife is interactions with your wife. Yeah. And, and the interactions with your wife will dictate and show you where you're struggling. Cause they all will call you out on your stuff. Um, with no hesitation, they'll call you out. They have, they can see, they see through your baloney They'll They just, they, you know, the, the one person who knows who you are the most And how you treat your wife in the interpersonal relationships within your house is a great parameter and metric to judge how near you are to Jesus and how you are interacting with your wife will dictate how, well, I mean, will show you where or where you're not near to Christ. You know, it's pretty interesting. You know, your Mm -hmm. wife is your, your helpmate, but also the one that will call you up and we stop we're not we stop saying i'm going to call you out on this like no i'm going to call you up and when i'm tripping she'll call me out and it's usually the days that i rest through my morning routine 
and didn't center myself before leaving the house that then I see it and she'll call me up in the way I'm talking to the kids, the way I'm talking to her, my shortness, my attitude, it's all off because I didn't put on the new. So when you're in process, it's something you have to make a conscious effort of doing. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I saw a, um, it's like a partial sermon from Mark Driscoll basically saying the exact same thing like literally almost verbatim as far as like helping uh the your wife or something like that but it's not really relevant to this conversation i guess that specific portion mm -hmm. but you know um i think like just ultimately this path as a whole helps be a better obviously a better person a better husband a better dad better man in general that kind of thing and i think that focusing on that and how all of this kind of ties into being a better man husband father brother uh yep you know all that stuff focusing on that is ultimately going to make this whole thing work for at least for, you know for me i mean i've been focusing on that for the last several months just because this is what i'm doing and mm -hmm. for anyone who is like listening or having like any type of you know, like struggles or concerns with that specific topic um, or any of those topics, any of those areas mm -hmm. that I just mentioned, I think focusing on trying to make that better ultimately kind of coincides with walking the path that we're pursuing, you know what I mean? So, um, and being a better person, ultimately, we have talked about it before is like, you don't have to like go and do charity work all the time, you know, but you should definitely try to like be, be better. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, my, my neighbor's brother, he goes, well, we were at dinner for, uh, my neighbor's sister a few months ago and his brother's kind of, he's like super young. He's like 22 or something crazy like that. And he's married and whatever. And he's like, he thinks like his grasp of the way that the world works is significant. And it's, you know, mm -hmm. obviously not because his experience is minimal. Right. Yep. Um, when I was his age, I had already served like two tours in Iraq. Yeah. I was, I was, a, <laughs> I was an E6, you know, a staff sergeant. I had like dudes underneath me and, you know, I was in charge of an assault team previously before, you know, all that other stuff um, doesn't necessarily come into play but it kind of does, right? It, you you mm -hmm. have a different idea on the way that the world is set up. And he had mentioned something like, I can't remember what we, what we were talking about. He's like, I wouldn't really say that you're nice, but I would definitely say that you're kind. And I'm like, aren't those the same thing? <laughs> but, he, but apparently it's not, you know? So, um, so that's something that I've always really tried to work for is like really being kind um, mm -hmm. whenever... People look at me, uh, generally speaking, they probably are like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, I've been told before that I like I have a like I have this demeanor that people don't want to talk to or communicate with or interact with or whatever. But that's just, you know, I have the RBF. Yep. Yep. You know, and I'm trying to I mean, and part of it is like, I guess, like a personal protection type thing. So if I'm out. I put off this like vibe where people are like, oh man, I'm not going to, yeah. 
you know, mess no. with him. And um, tying that into like the gun and personal protection aspect of what we're what we do on this podcast is when I did my first concealed carry class when I was in the army many, 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 many moons ago, <clears throat> the instructor was uh, another army guy. And we're like in the classroom at, uh, I think it was at Gander Mountain. And he's like, so he's like, what if I were like a bad dude and I was coming into like, it's later, this is a restaurant. He's like, who, who would be the first person you guys think that I would go after because the way that they look. And we're like, I don't know. And he pointed at me and I'm like, I don't know what, I don't know why. And he's like, <laughs> because you appear to be like the biggest threat. And I'm like, okay, I guess like that's kind of a compliment, but <laughs> you know, it's like, I just want to be, not, I just, I'm like a, a big dog. I got, or a, I just want to be loved. And yeah. I just want to be, I want to be nice to people, you know? but like, th that's, you know, I just, so, but that part of me is like, okay. I have this like kind of not necessarily a barrier, but like a protective like wall yeah. shield type thing just because whatever. Like if I am in a situation where someone comes and is like wanting to do harm or whatever, or pick on someone who may be a little weaker or something mm -hmm. like that. Right. So if I have this like appearance or I don't know, aura or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Where someone who like, let's say an old lady or something, they wouldn't necessarily come and like talk to me just to be nice because of the way that I look or the mm -hmm. facade that I have going on or whatever, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Right. So just because that's the case doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to be like a jerk or whatever to anyone. Yeah. Like I, I help people with a lot of stuff, um, like not like regularly, but you know, like I hold the door open for people yep. on a regular basis. It's just one, something that I do, you know what I mean? Yep. So, um, like those kind of things kind of tie into the whole like grace without works, you know, mm -hmm. like I have, I don't do this stuff to like be a better, I do, I do it to be a, a decent person, right? I'm not doing it to be like, Oh man, if I do, if I put these carts away in the parking lot, oh man, Jesus yeah. is going to love that, <laughs> you know? So that's not something that I do. Yep. Um, but on the same topic that we're talking about today, it's like, all right, well, if this dude has his cart from the grocery store and he's just like, leaves it in the parking spot, I'm not going to like flip out on the dude, but people do that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and it's, it's a small thing, but it's like, all right, man, like, it's just either they're not their day or that's just how they were taught or whatever. I'm not yeah. going to be like, Hey, Hey, you jerk. Like, what are you doing? Like, put that away. Like that seems that's ridiculous, but there are people that do that. Right. Yeah. There are people who like freak out over like the littlest things when it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, same mm -hmm. thing with like traffic, right. Road rage type stuff. It's like, dude, just let it go. Yep. Yeah. We're all going to get somewhere eventually. Yeah, it was a jerk move that they cut you off and slowed down and, you know, whatever. But it's like, it's not that big of a deal. Just deal with it and yep. slow down or turn, go and, change I lanes mean, or whatever. It does really kind of tie in right here too, right? So like sweating the small stuff and getting offended by the small stuff is going to breed like that root in you more. This like festering root inside you, mm -hmm. like 
but really not sweating the small stuff and understanding like, dude, if someone cuts you off in traffic, like dude, maybe they're, maybe they just got the worst news of their entire life and they're yeah. taking it out on the world or, you know, really seeing the world through that set of eyes will even kind of keep you grounded yeah. in, in how Jesus sees people. And that'll change even how you interact. Like, I mean, I'm the same kind of way, hold the door open, not because I'm you know, got a good gold sticker that I'm going to put on my back, but it's like, it's a kind thing to do. Yep. And nowadays, even in that, that's the little interactions, that's a display of who Jesus is. You know, I'm not doing it to display who Jesus is. I'm just doing it because that's, it's kind. And, and I mean, when you boil the whole thing down is love God and love people. And if you're loving people, you're doing kind things for them because you mm -hmm. want to show them there's still kindness in the world. And even more so now opening a door for someone and holding it. If, and if they're 30 feet off in the parking lot, yep. it's like, oh man, thank you so much. I'm like, <laughs> it costs me nothing except 30 seconds of time. Yeah. And I just made an impact on this person's day. Like what? And most of the time, if they see you holding the door open, they're going to move faster. Yeah. From what I yeah, They start running. I'm like, yeah. uh, you, know, like, hey, I, you don't have to do that. I'm, you're fine. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah calm exactly. down. We're good. Yep. We're good, dude. Especially yep. like the old timers, but I'll hold them over for the old timers. And they like try to like scoot their little walker faster. I'm like, dude, <laughs> chill, man. I'm, I'm here to help you, dude. Yeah. That's uh, how I met uh, Calais Campbell, actually, when he oh. played for the Cardinals, when we were leaving Lifetime. When we're leaving the gym and uh like because i just held the door open for whoever was behind me and i didn't realize it was him and like i you know i held the door open and he's like thanks so i'm like no i was like no problem man and i was like oh hey what's up and andrew <laughs> was you. with me and i was like hey man you know who this dude is and he had already started walking to his car and he's like no and i'm like he plays for the cardinals and then he stopped came back and like said what's up to andrew just That's because cool. like you were a kind no. individual. Well, whatever, whatever the reason was. I mean, he's nice too, but yeah, you know, it's just like maybe that's a small little like sign that says like, okay, well, you keep doing this for people, and then you get to meet someone who's like yep. a famous athlete, which yep. at the time I mean, was cool because he was like a big guy in, in in Arizona. But yeah, you know, it's it's now it's not. We're talking about like idolatry and stuff, which yeah. like. Kind of going back on what you're talking about um, with the whole like cycles, right? Or whatever. And like in the pursuit, like the degrees, I mean, you're, you're just this pursuit of being slightly better than you were before and tomorrow be slightly better than you are today. It's like, if you were to draw a line, two parallel lines, but you take one and you deviate it by one degree and you take that to the furthest degree you've just at a hundred meters, you've just traveled three inches different. I mean, long, yep. look at long, long range shots, right? Like you're taking an elk at 550 yards. You better account for how much your, your bullet's going to drop, how much windage you have right or left. And mm -hmm. you need to, I mean, it's the degrees of, it doesn't like today, if I'm just slightly better in the way I'm thinking today by one degree, Six months from now, that one degree is going to be a sub substantial deviation on where you're at. And I think the simplicity of this whole thing is, is loving God and loving people. And if you're loving God, you're going to be analyzing how the way you're interacting inside your own head, um, what is either going to honor God or dishonor God. 
And if it's dishonoring to God to repent, to turn away from it and to get back on course, those slight deviations and catching your mind, how it's working is going to turn into big actions later because the yeah. way you change, you change the way you're thinking, it changes the way you're acting. And this whole thing with Jesus is the transfer, be renewed by the transformation of the mind, transforming of the mind in mm -hmm. Romans, it talks about, right? You change this, you're going to change these, the, what, what you're doing with these and what you're with saying your with your mouth. He's wiggling his fingers. This is my spirit fingers. Yeah. With Los Manos. pointing at his head first. Yeah, that you know, whatever. My my chrome dome. This is here, this. and then there's the fingers. Head, the fingers, fingers head, and head, it, shoulders, knees, and toes. This is chest. And it's like the deviation in your mind is going to make for big deviations in your actions. So it really boils down to think about what you're thinking about and how you're interacting and always be analyzing that. It's like a self-introspective analyze, like analyze, analyzing of what you're doing and how you're thinking. And then that's going to keep you true on where you're going and what you're doing, really. Yep. That's it, man. You got anything new popping off, bro? Nope. Nothing new. Just trying to get uh, fully healed so that I can actually train. I was trying to do forward rolls yesterday when I was coaching class. And like I did one roll. And then once my butt hit the mat, I was like, uh, I can't yeah, do it. Not gonna, I dude, I know. I need to get signed. I need to sign back up, man. I had to take a little break because my work schedule got crazy. Yeah, and I couldn't justify spending a whole bunch of money on one class a week. So I need to yeah. get my. Uh, they don't do like a discounted for the for doing just one class a week. No, it's like three, and it's only like if you go three, pay for three courses a week. It's like minorly different than yeah. It's like 150 versus like 189. Yeah. I'm like, you save like 39 bucks. And I'm like, yeah, I still can't justify that. But right. um, I mean, even the forgiveness, I mean, we got a couple of minutes left. Ties right back into jujitsu, right? You're on a mat. Someone just smokes you with a bow and arrow choke mm. and takes <laughs> your, your whole neck off. You, you submit, you slap hands, rounds over. He's still your buddy. You just forgave him for essentially mm -hmm. saying, I just murdered you in, in, a, in a theater of battle. I just killed you. But, you know, I still love you. So, so on top on. of that, on top of that, our, our mutual friend started listening. Yes, sir. The one that you're big deal. Tell you? Yeah. He texts me. Yeah. He's like, and, I'm uh, listening to you guys talk all day. Did he goes, um, what he said? I took it personally that you guys are talking about, <laughs> Dude, about jujitsu, about waiting to sign up. We're not going like, to drop his name, but yeah, um, he roasted me pretty hard on that actually. If, and and it, it's, it, it it's going to be a constant topic, right? You know, jujitsu is something that we both love doing um yep. i'm like going crazy without being able to roll uh i i was able to train with one of our kids who's 13 he's like 185 pounds so i was that's a big boy it, it's yeah he's a big boy but he's not like fat or anything he's like he's i mean he's about he's probably like five nine you know he's, he's a big kid and mm -hmm. um so i was like rolling with him and i could kind of flow ish roll without like hurting myself him. and yeah but uh and without breaking him right so if i get mount i don't put my weight on it whatever all that stuff basically yeah. training like with females um so that was cool and um but you don't have to wait don't wait until you're in better shape to start training because it will get you into shape yep it's like pursuing jesus as you'd mentioned you're never going to be worthy enough just nope. in the pursuit right just get on so, the mat Step in the arena. That's it, man. Go for it. All right. Yes, sir.
So if you have questions, reach out to us at the God guns and family podcast at gmail.com. Um, find us on the gram on Instagram, same thing. God guns and family podcast. And if you have questions, let us know. Um, we are done for this episode. Nathan, yes, sir. if you would like to lead us out in prayer, good, sir. Let's, let's do it. Jesus. We just thank you for who you are. That's your astoundingly and vastly more, more deep than we could ever imagine. And I pray that you just transform us from the inside out, renew our mind so that we can. All right. Um, sorry about that. We ran out of time and the recording shut off uh, in the middle of Nate's prayer. Uh, it's unfortunate. So I'm going to take it from here. Lord, thank you for everything you have provided us. And thank you for the chance to live another day to honor you. We pray that this podcast reaches everyone who is trying to pursue you and especially leads to those who are wanting to forgive, forgive themselves and others, because that is what we need to do as you have forgiven us. Lord, we pray that men and women alike are able to listen to this podcast and pursue you with even just the minimal amount of guidance that we have hopefully um, spoken about in this podcast. And it is your name that we pray, Jesus Christ. Amen.